0: Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, and this week I talk to Emily Lies about brain training and hypnosis. They share what led them to this work and how rewiring our brains through self-hypnosis and visualization can bring about profound changes in our lives and health. We unpack misconceptions surrounding hypnosis and expand on how it can be used as a tool for transformation and rewiring our subconscious mind. Plus, Emily offers practical techniques for stress regulation and highlights the significance of embracing joyful moments and finding balance in the face of challenges. Enjoy. Emily Lies, lovely to see you. Yes, so happy to be here.
1: (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. It's a slow day, so I'm just enjoying enjoying being here. Yeah. Amazing. Well, for anybody who doesn't know you, who are
0: you today?
1: Who am I today? Okay. I'm many things. Mm -hmm. So I am a brain training specialist. I am a hypnosis practitioner. I am a grad student, two months away from getting a master's degree in yes. mind-body medicine.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I'm also a trained actor and singer. I am newly diagnosed autistic. Oh my gosh! Um, congrats exciting. on a diagnosis. Thank you. Yeah, yes, it's very exciting. Very good news. Um, yes. so so processing that that is that is where I am today. Um, I am an animal advocate, and I am interested in all things. How to, how to navigate the human experience through our imagination. So it's kind of the intersection of acting and hypnosis and, yeah. and brain science and all of those wonderful things.
0: I'm so curious how you went down that particular path as opposed to, you know, arguably what many would probably be like, oh, like psychology or actual medicine in terms of like neurology. How did you end up in hypnosis land in brain specialist land? Like where did that all come?
1: It was by accident. So I I got a bachelor's degree in theater and vocal performance. I was like on the musical theater track. Broadway was the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of my senior year of college, I got very, very sick with debilitating chronic illness. Um, and I developed chronic fatigue syndrome. It's kind of in the same category as things like fibromyalgia, chronic mm-hmm. migraines, long COVID, very similar in that chronic mystery illness mm-hmm. syndrome kind of space. I saw so many specialists. So doctors told me that I would have this forever and that I would probably not be able to get on stage again was very, very discouraging as a new graduate. Um, so that was really challenging and I, I didn't accept that answer. So I started seeking out other interventions. I started seeing holistic health people and somebody in passing told me about this brain training program for people with chronic fatigue syndrome. And, I became obsessed with it. I started um, I started researching a little bit about it and it's based on the idea that um, a lot of these chronic mystery illnesses are caused by some sort of trauma to the brain. That could be chronic stress, it could be a virus like long COVID, it could yeah. be an injury or psychological trauma, et cetera. I think mine was probably, some combination of a virus and the chronic stress of being in theater school, as many of the listeners probably relate to. And my body just shut down. And essentially what happens when we get into this ongoing trauma response is, is our bodies stop being able to heal and stop being able to recover. And it causes burnout and eventually long-term, very real physiological illness. And, this brain training program was designed to rewire the part of the brain that that holds on to that trauma loop. Mm. And I was very skeptical about it at first. It sounded like a miracle cure, yeah. you know, waste of money at first, you know. But um, the testimonials were amazing. I was living at home with my parents watching The Office on the couch all day because that was all I was able to do. And so mm-hmm. I decided to try it. and. This brain training program involved um, about an hour of self hypnosis style visualization practices every single day for six months, wow. and I was mostly better within like three weeks. Wow. I went from yeah, I went from not being able to walk up a flight of stairs without like passing out to walking you know five to ten miles around the streets of philadelphia feeling wonderful so i got my life back my anxiety went away my illness went away and i was just so fascinated with what we can do with our own brains Mm -hmm. to change our lives change our mental space change our bodies and our health so i found that as i was doing this brain training and self-hypnosis work on myself i not only was recovering from chronic illness. But I also found that I became so much more imaginative, so Mm. much more confident Um, by the time I got back on stage and I eventually, spoiler alert, I became a performer again. um, I was far more in touch with my instincts and my creativity on stage that it just completely shifted how I showed up as a performer. Um, And one of the primary ideas behind this brain training practice was that the brain perceives imagined experiences very similarly to real ones. So essentially, a lot of the parts of the brain don't understand or or recognize the difference between imagination and reality. Of course, we consciously know when we are on stage and, and in a role, but our brains and bodies are perceiving those imagined experiences as though... happening to us and so i started to wonder what does that mean for actors if we're performing trauma and stress and grief and rage and fear on stage what is that going to do to our bodies especially if those kinds of chronic or chronic versions of those emotions can lead to illness you know so i really i started researching to see if there was anything out there about how actors take on the stress and traumas of the roles that they play. And there's really not a ton. There's a little bit here and there, but I I just thought that we deserve better as yeah. storytellers to have tools to really build resilience, to prevent those kinds of things from happening. And so I decided that I wanted to be the person that was gonna bring that to the world. Um, and I started researching, brain training modalities, I wanted to, you know, get certified and understand more about how this works. So I became certified in positive neuroplasticity through Dr. Rick Hansen and positive psychology through their certificate program at University of Pennsylvania. And I started doing my own research and I just consumed as much information as I could about how the brain works and how we can utilize our brains and, and change the way that our brains are functioning so that we can be more confident on stage, so that we can safely move in and out of character, so that we can build confidence, so that we can change our brain and body's response to stress in our lives. Because, of course, you know, the life of an artist isn't just when we show up to to do our art. It's also there's so sure. much stress around it, and that can hinder our ability to be creative and show up for our jobs and and also show up for ourselves in our life. So from there, I started doing research, I got these certifications, and then I enrolled in grad school, as so many of us did during COVID. (laughs) Um, And so I'm on the other end of that. And through my grad program, I also discovered hypnosis. Um, There was an incredible nine-month hypnosis training and certification program through my graduate program. Degree, and so I studied with the people who were the presidents of all of the clinical hypnosis societies in the country, and and it just completely shifted how I understand the way that our brains work and the way that our imagination works. So I'm happy to go into that, but yeah, so yeah, that's a lot. I have, this I know, <laughs> so
0: it's wonderful. I have so many questions, so many questions. I. You know, I think when, when we talk about like hypnosis, so many of us think about, you know, like you have like the imaginary clock thing being put mm-hmm. across your face and you know it's being dangled there and the next <laughs> thing you know, you're hypnotized. Obviously, we, you know, I, I think many of us have seen versions of it that aren't that anymore. But I'm curious when you say hypnosis, what are we actually
1: saying? Okay, yes. Great question. So hypnosis has a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's highly misrepresented in the media as like Mind control and yeah. manipulation, and hence why I'm asking. <laughs> yes, it's a really, really important thing to to discuss. And there is stage hypnosis, and then there's clinical hypnosis. So mm-hmm. I want to differentiate the two there. So I think most people are familiar with stage hypnosis, where someone snaps their fingers and someone looks like they fall asleep, and then they cluck right. like a chicken and do all these embarrassing things. That is not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. I have theories on, you know, I, I don't fully believe that people are out of control in those situations. So it's <laughs> it's a little different, but I'm trained in clinical hypnosis, which is a modality that is used to help people support their mental and physical well-being. I think the biggest difference between stage hypnosis and clinical hypnosis is who it's for. So stage hypnosis is for the entertainment of the audience, which means that the person being hypnotized, the suggestions are not in their best interest. Right. When you are working with a clinical hypnosis practitioner, all of the suggestions are in the best interest of your well-being in any given moment. Um, and when I say suggestions, that's all they are. So in hypnosis, it's my job to offer a series of suggestions to help you support your mental and physical well-being. And those are not demands, they're not commands. You have full ability to accept or reject any suggestion that is offered to you in hypnosis. So if we were to do a hypnosis session right now, which we're not going to, yeah. if I were to say, Jennifer, take a deep breath, you could choose not to right? Mm -hmm. You can choose not to do that. You could also think to yourself, a deep breath might feel nice. It might might lead me to feel a little bit better. So you could also choose to accept that suggestion. And, And it's a really collaborative process of moving through Um, working together to identify the suggestions that are best for you. So how is it
0: different than, say, like a somatic form of therapy, right, where you're asking me to be in mm -hmm. touch with my body and relate to those things?
1: That's a great question. So hypnosis is a process that brings you into an altered state of consciousness, Mm -hmm. whereas somatic practices typically bring people into a relaxed state, but they're still highly mindful and aware of what's going on In their surroundings, in their bodies, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So, a lot of people ask me the difference between meditation and hypnosis, as well, because they often feel similar. Um, Meditation is about heightening your focused awareness on something, becoming highly mindful of what it feels like to breathe, of the sounds in the room. You know, there's phrases that describe meditation as allowing what is, really accepting what's happening in the present moment, Um, and that heightens your conscious awareness. Hypnosis, on the other hand, deepens your subconscious. Um, And what I mean by that is it brings you into a state of consciousness called a trance where you are slightly disconnected from your surroundings. You're still aware of what's going on. You still have access to your conscious thoughts. Of course, you're you're able to open your eyes and, and walk away if you need to, but you're in a state of consciousness in which you're able to kind of dissociate for lack of a better word from the surroundings, not in the trauma sense, but in the sense that you aren't paying attention to what's happening around you. And we go in and out of hypnotic trance every day in our lives. It's a natural state of consciousness that people experience. So, um, if you have ever been watching a TV show or a movie or reading a book, and you're just so engrossed in the story and All you can focus on is the emotions of the characters and what's happening. You might not hear the microwave beeping when your popcorn is ready. You might not fully be aware of everything that's going on around you. You might not notice your cat running across the room because you are really, really focused on this story. Yeah. And that is a hypnotic trance. We also go into trance when we're on social media. Um, we lose track of time. We are really, really focused on what's going on in front of us in our phones, that we're not paying attention to everything else in the world. Um, and hypnotic trance is a combination of relaxation and focused attention and that gives us access to communicate with our subconscious minds when we use it deliberately. So we're taking this this phenomenon that you know we go in and out of all the time as a way to create very deliberate changes in the mind. So like I was saying earlier, you know meditation is about allowing what is and hypnosis is about changing it so you can access this, state of consciousness to be able to offer yourself new ideas, because when we're in this trance, the subconscious takes the front seat and the conscious, rational thinking, inner critic part of us kind of quiets down a little bit so we can quiet our inner critic to be able to be open to new ideas, new experiences, transformation, and so many things that can actually support us. and, and there's so much that you can do with it. It is a really fantastic tool and vehicle for transformation in so many ways. You can change your brain and body's response to the stressors in your life. So a lot of the work that I do, I work with actors and performers on, you know, breaking their stress-based associations with auditions. Um, I've had people who have gone into auditions and, and had panic attacks because they were so stressed about it and now they love them because they're changing the way that their brain views it from a very subconscious level Um, you can use it to build confidence and inner resources or you can use it to build access to creativity and flow and so much more i i could go on and on about it okay so as a (laughs) cynic no for me as like a
0: cynic who's like okay like you can't like hypnotize me to change my inner workings of my brain Mm -hmm. What are you doing with somebody like me who, like, is like, this seems so, as a logical person who thinks through most of her stuff, which is, you know, we can mm-hmm. therapize what that means in my own time. But, like, how do I trust that A, this is going to work? B, what is it to trust the purposeful disso- like dissociation aspect of things? Right. Because so often we, I'll speak on behalf of myself, I associate that with trauma as opposed to, um, oh, I want to personally and purposefully like dissociate here so I access other things? Like, How do I even start to trust that this is something that would work for me?
1: Sure. That's a, that's
0: a big question and it's a great question. Yeah. I think answering this allows somebody to be like, cool, if yeah. I have accepted that this is a possibility for me, now I'm able to try these tools, right?
1: So let's sure. get beyond the disbelief. Sure. So I want to address the dissociation part of it first. Dissociation is not always a trauma based response. I think it's, it's been used. That language has been, you know, mostly utilized in the context of trauma and stress Mm -hmm. in the last few years, but dissociation literally just means kind of not connecting as much with your present moment surroundings. I'm guessing right now, as you're talking to me, you're not thinking about the fact that your wall behind you is red right? Yeah. That means you're dissociated from that part of your environment. So we all have this level of association and focused attention and dissociation from other things in our environment, because there's only so much information that our brains can take in at a given time. Right. So it's really just figuring out and, and using tools to channel our focused attention onto elements of our experience that can enhance and and facilitate a trance state um, while you know, disconnecting from the parts of our experience that aren't necessarily necessary in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to think about the fact that there's a door behind you and your and your wall is red in order to have this conversation. So in the right. same way, in hypnosis, we don't need to have that hyper-awareness of our environment in order to connect with our inner world. So is it um,
0: just trusting the fact that whoever is leading said hypnosis will is looking out for your best interest and that's what allows you to stay present?
1: Yes, the other thing is you are in control the entire time. So like mm-hmm. I was saying before, as a hypnosis practitioner, it's my my job to have an understanding of your goals um, so that I can offer you suggestions, but you have the ability to reject any suggestion that you Yeah, don't want, and you are in control of the experience that you're having. So you are the one that is facilitating this hypnotic experience. And I am just providing a container for you to be able to have that experience. So if I were to say to you right now, I want you to think about something that happened this week that made you smile Mm -hmm. and bring yourself back to that. And maybe focus on the things that you see around you. Focus on the sounds that you hear, maybe who you're with. I have no idea what experience is coming to your mind. You are the one that's creating that experience for you. So you're in control Mm -hmm. the entire time in hypnosis. Does that answer that question? Somewhat. Yeah. So, okay. So if I'm choosing
0: to go on this adventure and I'm choosing to acknowledge that a trance state is something that I actually do on my own while I'm, say, watching TV or reading, that this isn't something that, again, is what I would maybe associate with on stage hypnosis and I'm allowing an individual to help guide me with consent around Mm -hmm. how I move through this. What would be some of the, I I guess obviously the, the situation would change depending on somebody's goals, but like for you as somebody guiding someone through a hypnosis, like are there standard hypnosis practices that are like every single time we do this or every single time somebody goes on their own to try Mm. to do this with themselves, they are always starting with this or they're always coming back to this as a grounding for a hypnosis practice.
1: Sure. Yes. So there are – of course, it always changes. Hypnosis is highly, highly customized. Um, For a lot of people, hypnosis feels like a highly personalized, live guided meditation. Um, I know meditation has a very different purpose than hypnosis, but that's what it feels like. Um, there are some standard structures for the way that hypnosis is utilized. So hypnosis typically starts with something called an induction that sort of invites you to facilitate your own hypnotic trance. Um, And that involves some kind of practice that can help you focus your attention and deepen your relaxation. So if you think about the stereotypical image that we get, of a hypnosis session, somebody will take a pocket watch and swing right. it back and forth. What that's really doing is it's just focusing your attention on something. It's deeply focusing your attention on paying, paying attention to the movement of the pocket watch going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a pocket watch. You don't have to do anything with your eyes, but that is the mechanism that's often utilized in, in stereotypical hypnosis <laughs> to invite people to focus their attention. And once you've done that, you can then start to invite more relaxation into the body using something called a deepening technique. So if we're getting fancy with the process of it, I would then offer suggestions to help people relax their mind and body in some way that could be a body scan, you know, relaxing the top of your head, relaxing your forehead, your neck, your shoulders, all the way down to the tips of your toes. And that just invites people to go into a deeper state of relaxation and a deeper state of consciousness, um, because when we are more relaxed, we have more access to creativity and ideas and imagination. Um, a lot of this is also very aligned with acting practices. So a lot yeah. of people might sound uh, find this to be familiar <laughs> um, familiar with the things that they do in acting class. You know, body scans and and relaxing the mind are very common in that way. And so once you've gone through this deepening, you are in sort of a deeper and altered state of consciousness where you are more creative, you are more imaginative. And then from there, I typically offer some kind of suggestion for imagery. So Mm it depends on the, the goal of the session. But for example, I could, I could offer the suggestion of bringing yourself back to a moment that brought you a sense of joy. Yeah. And and I might guide you through that depending on who you are. I would either keep it very broad or be very specific with the suggestions, because, again, some people like to be really, really guided and some people like to kind of create the experience for themselves. But I would invite people to lean into all of the senses, all of the aspects of that experience. And as they're doing this in this trance state, their brains are processing that imagined experience very similarly to um, if it were real. And the subconscious mind really learns from imagined and real experiences to inform how we think, feel, and behave. So if we're able to offer ourselves these powerful imagined experiences in hypnosis, that can create new changes in the brain. How? Can you elaborate on that question?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, that's it. Um, Yeah, I guess, okay, I love that. I'm now imagining some beautiful joy in my life how does my mind-body consciousness know then to translate this subconscious like accessibility that I just had, this access to yeah. this point, to rewiring something in my conscious
1: life? Sure. So um, the subconscious mind, it has been estimated to take up about 95% of our brain function, mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot. And the subconscious mind is the home to our habits, our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, our beliefs, our automatic coping mechanisms, our ways of being through the world. And so by communicating directly with the subconscious mind through things like hypnosis and other experiential practices, that will naturally begin to shift and inform how we think, feel, and behave in our lives um, very similarly to if you have real experiences. So the subconscious mind mostly learns from the experiences we have in our lives. Of course, our thoughts matter, our words matter, our knowledge matters. But, um, for example, you know, if you're an actor and you have only ever had stressful auditions, Mm -hmm. chances are, you're going to hold a belief that auditions are stressful, right? Right. If we've only ever felt fear in an audition space, our brains are gonna use those past experiences to predict how the next audition is gonna go. And if you've only ever had bad auditions, you're going to expect that the next audition is also going to be hard, right? So basically you would have a
0: hypnosis session where if my Mm -hmm. goal was to no longer be feeling the fear, the anxiety of an audition process, to envision an audition experience that was incredibly rewarding and fulfilling and um, joyful that I was able to feel myself go through that in a way that is totally antithetical to what I have usually experienced to hopefully give my body, mind, all of it, permission to imagine an alternative.
1: Correct. Absolutely. Yes. And, and because this is happening in hypnosis, we have the ability to really amplify the experience that you're having And so using suggestions to really grow the positive emotions around it and heighten that experience, it can offer more significance to the brain and the brain can learn from it faster Mm -hmm. than if you were trying to just focus on having fun in auditions in real life. So it can expedite those changes by offering a very, very powerful experience in that context. And because it's imagined, it's a safe way and safe place to explore those new connections and new ideas. And over time, as you do that, your brain is going to have more experiences or it perceives to have had more experiences mm-hmm. with positive auditions. And then by the time you step into your next audition, your brain will think, oh my gosh, this is the place where we have fun. This is the place right. where we laugh and get to play and, and enjoy what we're doing. Yeah. And so it will reduce that stress response. It'll reduce the fear and it'll shift what you're putting your focused attention on in that audition And change the experience within that context.
0: Yeah, that's it's cool because I feel like many of us who are perhaps in talk therapy spaces, who are hopefully trying to work through these hiccups and hurdles that we have in all these different capacities of our lives, you know, there is clearly proof that a version of like talk therapy will help you get there. And we're not Mm -hmm. saying that it's not and this idea that there is something else that might be able to do it on a different subconscious level um, in a more um, patient, imaginative, creative way. There are other Mm -hmm. ways to make it happen simultaneously, which I think is a really wonderful offering that perhaps um, many of us are not even aware of, which is why you're in this space.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and I think hypnosis and other kinds of brain training modalities, yeah. like what I do, are incredible supplements to talk therapy. I think that they work so beautifully in conjunction with one another. I think mm-hmm. everyone should have a therapist. Honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's it's not one or the other. I think it's a it's and mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the time, people that I work with have realizations of you know, beliefs they've held or or experiences that they had in their lives through hypnosis. And then they go unpack it with their therapist and they have a space to really experience the thing and then talk through the thing. Because I am not a licensed psychologist. Mm -hmm. I didn't go, I didn't go down the the clinical therapy route. That's not my calling. I think Mm -hmm. it's so amazing. And I think therapists are wonderful. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I think it really complements one another and being able to offer people tools that they can also use on their own is incredibly empowering Yeah, because as a, as a brain training specialist and a hypnosis practitioner, it's my goal to give people tools and practices that they can use every day. It's not just about when they come to see me, they can use self-hypnosis and yeah. take a couple of deep breaths and close their eyes and continue to visualize that amazing experience in auditions. Yeah. And the more experiences we give ourselves, the more our brains are gonna learn from it. So it can be really incredible to do this on your own as well.
0: Well, I'm curious then to do it. Can we do (laughs) a, you're not gonna hypnotize me in this space because I have to continue guiding a podcast episode. Sure. Though, you know, I'd be curious what that would turn into. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if we were to drop in some tools that people can use literally in the moment, and I guess yeah. I will I will hand it to you in terms of envisioning like the circumstance or an example that this might be helpful, um, so that we can maybe play around with different kinds or different um, additions that might be supplemental if something else arises. Like we can maybe do an additive. I don't know. We can build it.
1: Hmm, sure. So how do you want to do this? Would so you like me to kind of talk through what people could do with it, or do sure. you want? Me- Okay, sure. So um, like I said, you know, we go into hypnotic trance all the time. It's a familiar experience when people kind of zone out and they get they get really relaxed or when they, um, like you're, when you're watching a movie, when you're listening to good music, you know what that sensation feels like typically. So it doesn't Is it matter. kind of if-
0: also like when somebody's like staring at a wall for a while and you're just yeah. like, let me just stare for a second and then I pop out of it? Is that what that would be? It could
1: be. It could be. That could also be stress-based dissociation. It it depends on what it is. Um, But but you know, I think when we are highly relaxed, Mm -hmm. I would think about like a moment when you're highly highly relaxed. If you're in a cozy blanket or snuggling with a pet, Mm -hmm. and you're just you're reading a book or you're daydreaming or you're you're just really content and you're kind of off in your own little world, that's likely a hypnotic trance. Um, So there are some ways that people can facilitate those trances. Breath work is a fantastic and easy way to do that. So um, I often recommend that people do a little meditation before they go into this imaginative world. Um, It's a very easy, simple way to do that of just taking five to 10 long, slow, deep breaths until you feel your body kind of sinking into the support beneath you. You know, that sensation Mm -hmm. of when you're really taking long, deep breaths and you just feel like your body's getting heavy and you're relaxed and still. Um, that doesn't work for everybody. So some people could listen to to soft music if that helps to get into that place. Whatever can help get you into that relaxed state, do it. You know, mm-hmm. it. It. Everyone has different different brains and different needs. And um, does it matter physically if you're sitting or standing or lying down? I would not recommend doing well standing. I mm-hmm. would recommend uh, sitting or lying down is ideal. Okay. Um, that's a great. That's a great point as well. Hopefully you're also in a place where you won't be super distracted, although distractions are, are fine. You know, our brains are designed to think and notice things. And so in my hypnosis sessions with clients, I always say, whenever we notice a distraction, we can use that as an invitation to just relax deeper, use it Mm -hmm. as an invitation to take a deep breath and recenter. And that can be a really great practice as well. And so once you feel like you're in that deep state of calm however however, you get into that, I would then recommend putting your focused attention on relaxing the body. So you've taken some time to relax the mind. And then I love a body scan. Mm-hmm. Um, so an easy way to do that is to just imagine a wave of calmness moving through the body. So focusing on relaxing the top of the head, relaxing the forehead dropping the jaw, and you might even imagine it as a colorful light, Mm -hmm. maybe dropping the shoulders, imagining the arms getting heavier and heavier, moving into the torso, into the legs, into the tips of your toes. And it's just a really intentional, nice way to deepen that trance state. And once you're there, you can play. This is really when you're in an imaginative place. So I would say if you can offer a pretty universal uh practice that people can utilize something that i really love to do is pair positive past experiences with our future so starting by just imagining a joyful moment that happened in your past it could be from childhood it could be from last week it could be from today just something that made you smile or made you feel nice or proud or or calm or cozy whatever you need in the day just ask yourself what you need and think of a memory that brought that to you Um, So I could picture myself playing with my kittens when they were really little and (laughs) having them flop around. And that makes me laugh, even just thinking about it a little bit. And the goal of this is to really conjure up that emotional experience again. So you can do that by focusing on all of the details of that experience, really moving through it as though it's happening all over again. So noticing what you see, noticing what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you feel in your body. You might notice who you're with, what you're doing. You might find yourself smiling or laughing as you're doing that and really allowing yourself to amplify the emotional experience that you're having within that context. Um, I really, I'm a very visual person. So I like to imagine the emotional experience as like a ball of warm light within Mm -hmm. my body and I give it a color. So then I kind of start to picture it growing to fill my body. And really, the goal is to amplify that joyful experience more so than when we had first experienced it in that moment that we're visualizing. And once you have this joyful experience, you can use that as a resource to carry into your future. So once you're feeling joyful, feeling warm and fuzzy and maybe laughing or smiling, then you can imagine what it would be like to have a great day tomorrow. That's one of my favorite practices to do with people. Um, so picture yourself having that joy accessible to you in the tasks of tomorrow. So imagine yourself waking up with with tons of energy, maybe springing out of bed, moving through your morning routine with like the obnoxious enthusiasm of a Disney princess sweeping your kitchen, (laughs) you know, whatever whatever imagery works for you, that really works for me. Um, And the more you heighten that emotional experience, the more your brain is going to learn from it because our brains learn from emotional intensity. So if you picture yourself having like the best day tomorrow, it's going to be more likely to happen. And so imagining yourself going through all the tasks that you have to do and picture yourself handling challenges with ease. Imagine what it would be like to go through the parts of the day that you're worried about and have them go well for you. And also have yourself really take in the positive moments that would normally pass you by. So you might find yourself noticing the warmth of the sunshine as you walk to work or really enjoying your coffee or having a positive interaction with a coworker. And as you do this and hold on to this very real joyful experience that you conjured in your body, um, your brain is gonna start to learn From that experience and our brains act like prediction machines they use past experiences to inform how we feel in the future so by the time you wake up tomorrow your brain's going to think oh today's going to be a great day yeah and you're you're more likely to have more energy and feel more joyful and feel more productive and it is it's one of my favorite practices in the entire world because i think it's so universal because we all have tomorrow you know (laughs) we all have things going on that we are excited for and that we're worried about. And it really balances out our ability to handle the hard stuff and take in the good. And it feels like it feels like an
0: interesting play on what I think many people call like manifesting. You know, it's just like I'm gonna manifest a solid day. I'm gonna manifest a great Mm -hmm. audition. I'm gonna manifest an easy interaction with a coworker, all these things that for me feel so inaccessible. and I watch friends of mine who are manifesting left and right, and boy, is it working. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how is this happening? Um, For people who've listened to many of these episodes, you'll hear me gripe about how I fully don't understand it. But this seems like a different entry point to a version of manifesting without calling it that because you're not necessarily like envisioning it as a goal or a dream. You're just envisioning yourself in something in a different perspective that allows mm-hmm. you to do the things that you need to do in a way that feels lighter in a way that feels fuller in a way that feels joyful whatever that adjective yeah. is that you want to put on it so that when these dream things come down the line you know it's they feel like they're in alignment already with the way in which you're navigating through the world
1: yeah absolutely and you know there's there's research that supports that when we have a positive expectation for how something's going to go it's more likely to go well Yes. So call it manifestation, call it brain training, call it visualization, yeah. whatever practices you're doing, if you're able to create a positive expectation and trust within your subconscious mind that something's going to go well for you, yeah. or if you train your brain to believe that it will be successful, you're more likely to experience that success because you're not going to be resisting it. You're not mm-hmm. going to be doubting it or stressed about it. and Um, I'm very interested in the concept of manifestation in this context too, because I was so, (laughs) I was so skeptical about manifestation and, you know, the spiritual side of it, but manifestation is neurological. Mm -hmm. Um, when we get in touch with a positive future and positive outcomes, it primes our brain to be more likely to take in information that will lead us to our goals. So if you start to trust that you are gonna be on Broadway, or if you trust that you're gonna make a million dollars or whatever it is that you're manifesting yeah. or, or hoping for, then your brain is gonna not resist those opportunities. And you're gonna be more likely to say yes to things that mm-hmm. will take you one step closer. You're gonna be more likely to have more energy to work towards yeah. it and have less stress around it. And so naturally, of course, it's gonna be easier to get there. And and those positive outcomes are gonna be more likely to come to fruition or to manifest into your life.
0: Have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece? Are you applying to BA, BFA, or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you someone who simply has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So we'll meet virtually together, you share who you are as a human, what you love, your dislikes, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it, I will help guide you through this, and then I go off on my own and find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I've been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So if you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistcollectivecom slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistcollectivecom slash podcast promo right now. I cannot wait to help you find monologues you absolutely adore. How often are you encouraging people do a hypnosis process? Is it every day? Is it once a week? Is it, how do you get yourself into a rhythm of it? Is it more multiple times a day? Like Is it when you're stressed, like when?
1: Sure, so there's it, it depends on what you're using it for. I think that it's amazing to have a daily practice. Mm-hmm. Um, when I work with clients, I typically record the session that I do with them so that they can listen to it every day. Again, it depends on what you're using it for. So if you're using it to reduce your stress in the moment, use it when you're stressed. If you're using it to rewire the way that your brain is perceiving your life and you want to change your beliefs, I would highly, highly recommend doing this every day. This Mm -hmm. practice of visualizing tomorrow is absolute gold in, in setting yourself up for the next day. So I recommend that people do that every evening. And I have a free guided hypnosis audio practice that people can listen to if they want support with that as well. Yeah. And is
0: that something that you do for two minutes? Do you do it for an hour? Do you do it to start as a two minute and you hope it moves to an hour? What is the ideal?
1: The ideal is whatever you will actually commit to. So (laughs) I, you know, I'm a firm believer that we should be listening to our daily needs. Of course, Mm -hmm. our days shift and our routines shift. As someone who's neurodivergent, I have, you know, resistance to things some days. So I, in the work that I do, I, I try to really create flexibility um, with my clients. You know, if you want to okay. spend two minutes visualizing a good day or even even five seconds thinking about, huh, maybe tomorrow will be nice. That's mm-hmm. better than nothing. You know, if it's, it's a matter of deciding between doing nothing and doing a 20-minute practice, that's not going to be as sustainable as showing up for yourself consistently each day and doing at least something. Okay. And what yeah. about the times that
0: really do feel more dire? So like, let's say we are going to an in-person audition just for mm-hmm. the sake of that, because it keeps popping up mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm feeling all sorts of distracted. I'm not feeling particularly in my body and I'm, you know, the sounds that Ripley Greer are really grating on my body and mind and I want to be more present with myself and hopeful about the upcoming audition? What can I do?
1: So the more you engage with practices that both regulate your stress and help continue to lean into that positive expectation, um, the better, the more you engage with that, the better. I think, you know, don't, don't spend all day, every day trying to train your brain because I think, you know, we have to live our lives. And I think that it can be also really essential to take our minds off of the things that we're worried about. Um, I would say if you are really stressed about it and if you have something coming up that you're really, really nervous about, you know, three times a day check in and visualize it going well for five minutes. I, I used that practice for a surgery that I had two years ago. I was terrified for this surgery. I've never gotten any kind of operation. I've never gone to the hospital. I and for three weeks leading up to it. I just spent five minutes, three times a day, closing my eyes and visualizing that day going well. And would you and, call
0: that a hypnosis or would you call that just a purposeful check-in?
1: Yeah, I would call that self-hypnosis. You know, it doesn't have to be a, some formalized going through all of the steps of the process in order How to – How is that different than, than me
0: just doing like a check-in? I guess that's where I'm like navigating my stress. Mm. My not It's not a struggle, but like wh- how is that different than me just like sitting with myself, kind of doing a version of a body-mind scan versus a hypnosis?
1: I think that, you know, there's overlap in all of these things. Okay. Hypnosis is another word for visualization, is another word for mental rehearsal, yeah, etc. I think that it, it would be more likely to be considered self-hypnosis when it's intentionally sitting down, calming down your body and and mentally rehearsing that future scenario okay so it's i think it's really the intention behind it when you are sitting down and intentionally going through that future experience in your mind as opposed to just thinking about it and that's also really helpful so if you visualize yourself in the morning um going through this audition throughout the day you can kind of bring that back up into your consciousness as you're walking to work or on the subway just think huh that was a nice experience and the more it's in your focused conscious mind the more your brain is going to continue to consolidate and amplify and learn from that experience even more got it so in an ideal world Mm -hmm. i have done
0: some self-hypnosis or worked with someone like yourself to do some hypnosis on my own, visualizing these experiences so that I have access to positive versions of them and not just the terrible ones. Mm-hmm. Then as these opportunities arise and perhaps my stress levels get higher, my conscious mind as I'm sitting there in the you know holding room and all of the chaos around me feels consuming, I could go and access past beautiful hypnosis moment that I had into my conscious moment that isn't mm-hmm. perhaps a self-hypnosis at the moment, but is a version of me realigning myself with something that my body has experienced in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could okay. kind of remi- just reminisce on it. You know, think about, yeah. well, that was really nice. And and bringing that in your awareness can really help. I would say by the time you're in the audition holding room, the priority would would mostly be just regulating your nervous system however you need to, because um, you've done the work to mm-hmm. to prepare, you've done the work to visualize it. And at this point, um, if you're feeling heightened, the priority is to, to help your body feel safe in that moment. What are some tools that you like to suggest for safety? Sure, so there is an amazing practice that I love called the physiological sigh that is a, a natural breathing practice that we all do subconsciously, I think every maybe 5 minutes or so, but we can do it deliberately to calm ourselves down very quickly and it's basically just taking a long slow deep breath, catching another breath at the top and then letting all of that out. So it sounds like this. And if you do that just, you know, 3 to 5 times, that can really signal to your brain that you are safe. It can add more oxygen in the body. Um So that's a really great one. Any kind of bilateral stimulation can also calm the body. So tapping, if you have your hands on your knees and you just tap back and forth, that um, triggers, you know, and stimulates each side of the body separately. And that kind of, that kind of stimulation can calm the nervous system. Um, I'm not sure if this is one that you can use in an audition waiting room because it requires sound, but there is something called There's been far
0: stranger in an audition waiting room. Let's be That's true. (laughs)
1: That's true. (laughs) Let's say if you step out into a different, you know, studio or something, there's something called the VU. Have you heard of that before? I have not. Okay. It's it's a very um, I don't know. I don't know. V O O. the voo. Voo. Yes. So essentially you take a long deep breath in and then you say voo on like your lowest note and it vibrates through your chest and that sensation stimulates the vagus nerve mm-hmm. to calm the body and it's very awkward and very strange to do in front of people but it sounds like this if you take a deep breath and then you go voo until you run out of air um if you try it, you'll find that you can feel it through your sternum and it mm-hmm. soothes the body. It's kind of, I like to compare it to like the human version of, of cat purring. Okay. When cats purr, it calms their body. Um, it's, it's fantastic. I do it before almost all of my Zoom calls. Oh, <laughs> and, and it is just so, so regulating. Um, I'm trying to think of others. Even just putting your hand on your heart has a similar physiological response as getting a hug. Mm. So if you're able to just put your hand on your heart and take some deep breaths, that can also signal really strong safety in the body. Self hugs as well um, are very similar physiologically to receiving a hug. So if you Mm -hmm. just do that for for a couple of moments before you go into the audition room, your body's going to feel a lot more supported. What about post
0: an experience that didn't go the Mm. way you wanted? I feel like that's something that people don't actually talk about too. Arguably, similar thing that's like you've worked out really hard and you need to like have a come mm-hmm. down, right? We don't, or you've done a show and you've just, your adrenaline is up and you've just been kicking your face and singing, you know, belting whatever. Like we don't really talk about the come down. So, what about yeah. that?
1: So, chances are, if you're in an audition or if you're coming out of an audition and you uh, or you're coming off of stage and you're feeling really heightened you're you're likely in some kind of stress response it could be positive you could be really elated but you're really charged right yeah um when we're in a stress response our bodies are essentially mobilized in fight or flight again if that's not a negative thing it might just be positive activation but when we're activated our bodies are mobilized to fight off a predator or run away. And both of those things are very active, right? It's Our our bodies have all of this extra energy. So that's why we shake. That's why our legs might have all of this extra um, jitteriness. Mm -hmm. It might be why our heart is pounding. And your body is asking you to move. So one of the best things that you can do after an audition or after a performance is to jump up and down for a minute or two. Seriously. And like- Up and down or
0: jumping jacks or neither. doesn't matter. Whatever.
1: Jumping, shaking- dancing, whatever you need to do that will help to get that stress response out of the body and resolve it um, faster. Because if you think about a, a gazelle is being chased by, I don't know what animal chases gazelles, lions.
0: Sure. Yeah, let's say, sure. Let's, let's go say, sure, let's say a,
1: I don't I don't know if they're in the same region at all, but let's <laughs> say a gazelle is being chased by a lion. Um, you you might have seen this in a National Geographic documentary or something when this gazelle successfully gets away and lives, hooray, um, you see a gazelle then shake their body a little bit. Mm -hmm. They kind of shake it off. Or if a dog gets stressed, you'll see them shake everything off when someone takes their, their leash off of them or something. That is them physiologically releasing a stress response. And we have been societally conditioned to not do that anymore, even though that's in our bodies. And that resets the nervous system. It brings that stress out of the body very quickly. And so if you're able to just do some jumping jacks, I have a mini trampoline in my office. If you have a trampoline that you can access, jump up and down on that, just shake your limbs however you can. That is going to help that stress leave the body and indicate to your brain that you are safe and it will stop perpetuating that stress afterwards. Now, if you bomb an audition and it's really awful, that might perpetuate the stress as well because you're thinking about how horrible it was. Um, A practice that I recommend all of my clients do is after any audition, good or bad, as soon as you leave that audition room, write down three things that went well consistently. Yeah. Even if you cracked on the high note, there were 52 wonderful notes that you sang well. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, had a scratchy voice and you felt awful, but you laughed with the people behind the table, that was a moment that went well. Writing down those moments that went well can start to counteract the way that our brain processes auditions after we leave because we are so primed to just think about all the stuff that we (laughs) didn't do well, right? Um, So continuing to do that as a practice, regardless of how the audition goes, can shift the way that you begin to reflect on it and learn how to, you know, be kinder to yourself and and celebrate yourself. You know, you did a big thing, even if it yeah. didn't go well. That's a big, vulnerable, amazing, wonderful, horrible, frightening, great yeah. thing to do. So, um, yeah, if you, if you shake and jump up and down and do jumping jacks and think about all the things that went well, that can help to release that stress. And once you feel calmer, then you can start to think through the things you'd like to improve upon.
0: I love that. Um, as we begin to wind down our time, sure. I can keep talking to you about all different scenarios <laughs> and different tools of which I really want all of them, um yes. though I know you have um, a plethora of resources on the interwebs, which we'll get to in a second. Um, is there anything on your heart that you wish you had known um when you were first starting out pre you coming to this work that would expedite somebody's ability to? Feel more full is the way I'll say it. Um, currently and now, or is there something mm. that is
1: still on your heart that you would love to share, or both? I think the the thing that I wish I had known as a baby actor or as a baby <laughs> artist was the more we are able to lean into the joyful moments that we do have in our lives, the more light or whatever you want to call it energy can fuel our creative process i think there's so much stress Mm -hmm. in the training programs in the audition process in the work that we don't give ourselves permission to enjoy the small moments and celebrate the small moments that are happening but as soon as i started learning how to really give myself permission to lean into those joyful moments, I became a better performer. I enjoyed it more yeah i I stopped being so critical, and this isn't about ignoring the fact that things are hard either. This isn't about toxic positivity or pretending no, no, no. like shit doesn't happen because it does sure. um, but there's so many amazing, wonderful moments that just pass us by in our days that can serve us and serve our ability to love creating and love making art. And I found that when I lean into joy, I am so much more creative, I am so much more inspired, I am so much more trusting that more joy is going to come. And it makes the day-to-day so much better, especially in the day-to-day when we're waiting to hear back if we got a role or waiting to hear back if we got into college. Yeah. I know it sounds cliche, but like those little moments give us so, so much. And I I just wish I had known that because it's also it's so regulating and it's so supportive of balancing out the really, really tough moments that we have to experience.
0: For sure. Um, For anybody who wants to work with you, who wants to get access to so many tips and tools that are free on the interwebs and Mm -hmm. find you and all of that. What within your boundaries is the best way for people to contact you and or find you?
1: So TikTok is the best place to find me. I share so, so many resources for all kinds of people. So if you're not an artist or an actor, there is still so, so much for you. The majority of my work on there is really universal for all humans. Um, I share free brain training tools, mini guided hypnosis sessions, I give away everything for free on TikTok. So my my handle is at Emily Lies. So E-M I L I E L E Y E S dot hypnosis on TikTok. And I also have an Instagram, so feel free to follow me on there as well, especially if TikTok is no longer available in the United States. Fingers crossed, we'll see what happens there. But please follow me on Instagram as well, at Emily Lies. It's just my full name. Um and, you know, if you want to delve more deeply into this work, I do offer one-on-one hypnosis sessions with people. And I've also created um, a more robust program for people. It's called Hypnotic Empowerment, which I think is... Uh, we love a shared word. We love we do love a shared <laughs> word. Uh, so Hypnotic Empowerment is a six-week masterclass that involves brain training and hypnosis tools that guides you through the process of really clearing out the mental junk that is holding you back. So really reprogramming the limiting beliefs, the fears, the stress, all of the stuff that is keeping you from trusting in your ability to work towards your goals, and then adding in the good, increasing your access to positive experiences in your life, building confidence, building self-worth, empowering yourself and gaining clarity on your goals. This wasn't designed specifically for. Performers, but it's of course everything I do has has performers and artists in mind. So it is a really incredible process to kind of get unstuck, access your creativity more easily. Um, and it's a six week program. There's live calls every single week. Um, there are video lessons. There are guided hypnosis sessions every week that you can listen to. So if you want a daily practice, this is definitely a place to get started with that and have guidance with that. There's also a private community forum. So it's a really beautiful place to work on yourself in community as well. I think so many of us spend a lot of time working on our mental health alone. We read self-help books alone and Mm -hmm. it can be very isolating. And it's really, I think it's a really beautiful thing to see that everybody is going through all of these things together. And we are, we are all grappling with imposter syndrome and feeling like we're not good enough. And it can be really amazing to encourage one another and do this in community and know that there's that's a fine. huge group of people that are that are going through the same experience. So that's a really great resource. I will be having these running constantly. So if you're listening to this far into the future, I'm sure there is one available to sign up for. Um, I think it's a really wonderful jumpstart into this yeah. world of brain training and hypnosis. So. Um, but yeah, you can access access all of my information on my social media, and feel free to send me a message if you have any questions.
0: Amazing! Thank you so much for going on this journey today. Yeah. Thank you for the tools that you shared. I know this is going to be a wonderful start for so many people, and even just the curiosity of the ways in which they can access these parts of themselves, and um, perhaps invite a bit more space and room and curiosity and joy and fullness into their lives. So thank you. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, Yes. Thank you. (laughs) for being in this space. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course. Happy to be here.
0: If you liked this episode, please like, rate, follow, and most importantly, review us. This allows us to continue reaching other ears and minds and humans who want to be engaging in these kinds of conversations. If you did not like this episode, just let it all slide. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, more on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. If you want to be kept in the loop, we have a link to get on our email list in the show notes. And if you are seeking some cute, fun, awesome merchandise for yourself or your friends, we also have that link in the show notes as well. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back And we will be back again next week.
1: Until then.